When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, with Honky. Uh, look, I don't want to brag, but I uh, I did coach the 2002 Elk C team to an undefeated Lincoln City League championship, so... I think I know a little something about winning at a high level. Coach Riley, Diaco, Langsford, if you need any help, just let me know. Well, that's a generous offer, Honk. I'm sure they're listening. Uh, Boomer. Well, I'd just like to uh, take a moment to thank Riley and staff for finally allowing us to answer the question of uh, what would it be like to be a Husker fan back in the uh, Bill Glassford, Bill Jennings era? They, they've given us the answer. We're living in it. And I'm also with Mac. Hey, Redcasters, I want you to join me as I try to process these, this football season, kind of like a 80s love song by Mr. Mister, and I take these broken wings and try to learn to fly again. <laughs> That's profound, man. Uh, well, at least you're making me laugh. Hopefully a few of our listeners got to chuckle out of those because it was a rough uh, weekend uh, thanks to an 11 a.m. start time against Northern Illinois. And uh, three and a half hours of disaster later, we uh, uh, are sitting at one and two in this Grand Husker season. Um, I guess I could try to say there was a bunch of other football that we paid attention to, but it was pretty much hard to think of anything else after that uh, debacle that we witnessed. Um, guys, any uh, first takes on, uh, on what you saw out there? Honky, I'm going to let you uh, go first. Well, I, you can't put good PR on bad football. I'm, I'm convinced of that, you know. So there's not good football being played right now at, at you know, in Memorial Stadium. There's little pieces that you can try to take out, little nuggets. Defensively, you know, we played 12 quarters and the, the first six were not good. And the last six, you know, we've given up less than 400 yards and only seven points. So there's maybe some progress that we can kind of point towards to that. But there's just too many mistakes right now across the board and and it just adds up to to losing football. So is there enough in the tank left with these guys to get it turned around? It's early, but is there enough to get it turned around? There's nine more games. I don't know. We're gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna play those games no matter what. So I mean, that's that's a that's an interesting question. Uh, Mac, yourself, initial takes. Yeah, just, uh, you know, kind of more of the same stuff. Things we keep hearing about how we're close and how just a couple of, you know, clean execution away from being something different. But, I mean, eventually we've got to see it. You know, flashes of it are great, but that's almost more frustrating because nothing can be duplicated. So, yeah, real frustrating start of the year. Yeah, it's hard to watch, that's for certain. Boomer, your first take. Yeah. Uh, you, you just have to echo the the previous comments. This has been a frustrating start to the season. 
I don't think any of us quite anticipated this position of the uh, of the season uh, being one and two, yeah. and after three games, you know. And I was I was contemplating this over the weekend, and it, the odd thing is this team is basically what two to three plays away from being three and zero. Oh, but does anyone feel like that? Granted, we're also a player two away from being you know zero oh and three at this point as well. It's just we this sure team's are. just we don't have any answers really yet of what we are, what we want to be, where we're going. I, I think we know less now than when we started the season. To be honest with you, well, Coach Riley. Coach Riley today talked about or hinted towards on offense um, simplifying things. And stop me if you've heard this a thousand times before since the Callahan era. It's the constant simplification <laughs> of, of the playbook. But talking about making things simpler and just doing certain things well. And I think there's some there's some validity to that is that we need to start to just do something well. Like what can you hang your hat on? And uh, right now there's, there's not a whole lot that uh, – I feel real confident that we can just say we do really well. Scoring explosion, the offensive breakdown. Scoring explosion. This is our offensive breakdown, and there wasn't a lot of offense uh, to see or break down, it feels like. Uh, I've actually seen some of the drive charts and whatnot. Some pretty intriguing stuff. It, did anybody see this offensive performance coming? I guess we did struggle a bit in the second half versus Oregon, but... Uh, this is an offense that uh, against Arkansas State and Oregon, uh, two superior teams from a talent perspective over Northern Illinois, uh, looked like a, uh, an offense that could at least move the ball and, and put points on the board, and they looked pretty inept for almost the entire game after the first six plays. Uh, uh, who wants to take a first crack at what we saw on the offensive side of the ball uh, on Saturday? Oh, I'll, I'll start. I, I guess Honky, really you you wanted to dive in hey, first. He's taking one for the team. That's that's why we bring him. <laughs> Mac <on here>. and <laughs> I, <laughs> Mac and I have uh, had this discussion earlier today, and at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter who's right or wrong or or or, or whatever. It all comes down to the same results. I, I think he and I each have some of our thoughts on on what is wrong with the offense, and I'll let him talk about his uh, specifically being the O line play. I'm not pleased with the the run pass ratio and. I don't think anyone's right. going to fall out of their chair hearing that. If you've been listening to the Redcast since back in spring, that was my biggest fear and concerns. So um, this game and part of what Riley was talking about today in the press conference about just simplifying things, it just feels a little bit like we're trying to be all things to everyone. We're, we're trying to do a lot of things, and we're not particularly doing anything well. And and to certainly agree with with Mac, the O-line is, is certainly one part of it, without a doubt. Um, but I know you know we went until drive six before we called consecutive run plays. That's an issue mm-hmm. to me. Um, uh, when we did run some consecutive plays and drive eleven, drive twelve, we were getting some first downs. We were getting some touchdowns. I think that's when we're at our best, and there needs to be an emphasis on it. So Riley has made the statements all off season. He has made the statements about we can't just line up and throw it forty five times in games, and that's exactly what we've done these last two now. Yeah, he has said absolutely. that 94% of Big Ten teams win when they run the ball more and when they have less turnovers. Well, we've you know run the, <laughs> we've had 88 passes to 64 runs in the last two games, and when you factor in sacks basically into that, that's about 94 to 95 pass plays called the 57-58 runs. That's the furthest thing from from balance. Sure. And, and before and I just, hand this over to to yeah, Mac, just uh, Honky, good. I remember a. A, uh, a text message you sent out in the first half of the Oregon game, probably after we scored a couple touchdowns, 
Um, and that the offense looked really good at that point. And I think you essentially said, I have no problem with this offense, you know, at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a, a more balanced approach. We were effective running the ball with Trey Bryant at that moment. Um, the pass game looked like it was effective. Um, do you do you feel like uh, the philosophy of, of Riley and Langsdorf is always just simply to to take what that defense is giving them, and especially with Langsdorf, and if that run game doesn't work on first down, literally if he only gets a yard, he immediately goes to the pass. Uh, this tendency to, to not give a, a – you just mentioned he, he didn't call two consecutive run plays for six drives. Yeah. Um, that fundamental um, abil- inability of Langsdorf to stick with the run for even two plays is a, is well, a real challenge. I definitely think that we're quick to get away from the run. If you get a zero-yard play on first down, that, that means two straight passes after it. I, I will say preseason we had – Coach Denardo and the BTN guys down here, and they reference Wisconsin as an offense that we look a lot like because schematically, will you know, Chris and Riley have so much history between them, they look similar. Scheme wise, we might look similar, but play call wise, we're as far removed mm-hmm. as you can be. And you can look at what Wisconsin did last week to BYU 49 runs to 19 passes. They're going to do that to whoever they play against. That's their MO, that's what they're about. Nebraska, I do agree. I think that Langsdorf were trying to. It's almost like a different playbook each week because we're trying to find ways to attack the opponent as, as opposed to just being really good at something. So it's I've Illinois, talked a right? lot. I I'll mean, it's Mac, not that hard. Uh, I'll let well, Mac kind of. The thing with Wisconsin, I've been doing look a lot at their passing here. game. You know, they go 18 of 19 for 256 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. I mean, yeah. maybe it's not yeah. balanced and play I was the calling, guy that knocked... if you want to talk about efficiency, matching yardage, and making those passes count. You know, that's sure, balanced, sure. if you want to argue it and, that way. And, yeah, I mean, and absolutely read, it is. Yeah. And if you read the social media stuff this, this week, a lot of people are already calling for Tanner Lee's head, and we need to have mobile QBs and all that stuff. Well, Hornerbrook at, at Wisconsin is every bit of stick in the mud drop-back guy as Lee ever is. So, you know, that, I can't necessarily say that that's the difference. But, yeah, I don't all know. Right, that's Mac, my take well, on it is the pass-run pass ratio. Yeah, they're – I, it always frustrates me when we talk about rushing numbers outside of the context of a game. You know, I, the two consecutive runs in a row he didn't call until the sixth drive or whatever. That there's some truth to that, but there is also some truth that those first down, those first runs weren't very successful, and it happened quite a few times. Or we'd have a defense. Yeah. For example, the second pick six drive. You know, we throw a play. We we go for it on first down. We go for a pass. Nice completion to Stanley Morgan because we're backed up against the end zone. Great. Excellent job. Offensive line, holding call. Bring it back. So now what are we going to do? Are we going to run? No, not necessarily. You know, now the down the distance is even worse. So we pass again. We do a little little flare out to the running back, little screen. Does a nice job. Gets about almost 18 of it back. Okay, here we go. Nope. Another penalty by the offensive line blocking in the back on a screen. So now, what are you going to do? We throw another pass because it's like first and 24. So then he throws a little pass to the morning. He gets a lot of it back. The next one, he gets hit on a, on a bad protection on a four-man rush. Four-man rush. And the ball goes flying up the air and then the pick six. It, the offensive line play in this game was just grotesque. I, I'm so disappointed with it. <laughs> I... 
And 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 I understand people's frustrations with the play calls, um, but and we're never well, going to have that balance until we're successful running on first down. And we've let's got to about... be better. People act like if we just ran the ball more, we'd be better at the run. I don't think our offensive line is good enough to run the ball more. We have to be good enough to pass so people can't stack the line against us. That That's just a fact. People think if you just run more, we'll be better at it. I don't think our linemen are that good at that. I, now, Matt, I know you said before. Apparently, then Mac, right? I mean, what's that? They sure, they're, they're not good at anything, then, right? I mean, they're sure not not very good at, at pass pro right now. I mean, what's the what? what I would agree. There, I mean, I mean, Coach Cava has to be on notice here. It's unbelievable. This is year three, and they have not gotten any better. In fact, they seem like they're regressing. Yeah, this is a. Uh, what the offensive line is doing, you know, in the first couple games, maybe, maybe I was, maybe Trey Bryant is a better running back than we think. Because, yeah. you know, if you go back and you look at that film, he was really good about finding soft spots but and, and wading through that first line of scrimmage. It didn't always look like he had a bunch for, for room, and he was getting in there pretty good. So some of this was being muffled a little bit. And I don't think that uh, Mikhail Wilbon ran poorly, but you could see how many times, and somebody had a stat about how many times he had contact behind the line of scrimmage, even on his 90 yards. Well, So why would Langsdorf have more confidence in running more when he's when his running backs having to make people miss in the backfield, we have I understand people's frustration with throwing the ball, but we've shown success throwing the ball and getting big plays with that. We've also turned it over, but you know yeah. if we run the ball more, we risk fumbling it more too. I, but, but an underrated point though, I do think Trey Bryant is missed more than people realize. Yeah, Mac, I, I agree with you. I think just saying the numbers, although I will say ninety four to ninety five passes to fifty seven fifty eight. I don't want to take that out of context yet. It's hard to not reference that when we talk about the almighty word balance but i think right, right but, but there was there, but the defense is, was also allowing a ton of there, points in some there, of those quarters no not necessarily i mean the last well six, the first part the of last, some of those the last six of those quarters they've given up seven points the 14 points that we gave up in northern illinois were but the 40, pass. 41 were already done in the first yeah. half my the, point is those stats yeah. are going to be a little my, skewed based on on that my point is there's a it's lot it's too of early stats, to have that good of a right sample now. size yeah my, my my point is right now you're correct that i think I think those those numbers can be skewed, and I'll say even with the running numbers, those can be skewed right now. I don't think we have a great, I don't think we have a great offensive scheme, or, or I don't think we have a great offensive mind right now running this. I've heard a lot about um, just formation wise and personnel wise what we put in there, you know, handing away a little bit of what we're going to do on offense. So, for instance, when we don't have our starting wide receivers in, when when it is Keller or when it is some of those backup guys in there, it's tipping the defense to where they're bringing seven and eight guys in run blitzes. So to the point of, and that can make your offensive line or it can make anybody look really bad when defenses are tipped to it. That interception return that for 93 yards, supposedly because DPE was lined up in a slot, that's what made that corner dart off like that. Like we're just literally handing a pregame or pre, pre-play give. Yeah, but so that, Langsdorf addressed that, that this stuff. afternoon. And that that's the first time they've run that play out of that formation with that personnel group. So I, I sure. they they hypothesized that on TV, but that wasn't really the case. Well, I'm just saying whatever it was, that corner he, didn't he gambled. Wait. He gambled and he won. And that and that's I mean that's a football play. He made so, a football play on it. So and, and, and so part my, part of my point is I don't I the the one thing I definitely I will not buy into from anybody is I will not buy into the concept that we have to throw the ball to come from behind solely because. Part of the reason that we are behind half the time is because of the the throw, and also we've we've come from behind before when we by running 
You know, you can go back to the UCLA game a couple years ago. We're down 21-7. We came back running the ball. In this case, the last two games, we've had seven turnovers, and they've all been through the air. They've all been picks. And our passing game, you, I, I am not disagreeing with you, Mac, one bit about the O-line's issues on the passing game. But the p- passing game has been a comedy of errors to begin with. It has been overthrows at times by the quarterback in Keller's case. It's been drops like, you know, uh, Morgan to start off the Oregon game off his helmet. It's been simple things like a third and six against Oregon where we throw the ball to, to uh, Lindsey right at the right at the first down marker. He bumbles it, ends up finally catching it and falls down, but it's a yard short. So what do we do on fourth and one? We go for it. Yay! Then we get a five-yard penalty, a comedy of errors. Five-yard penalty by DPE. Now we're punting. And we're giving that the ball a back to Oregon. And then they, Not a pass game error. <laughs> well, so Oregon goes down the field and scores a touchdown. What do we do? We come back and we get sacked, and then we throw an interception. And Oregon scores one more time, and we're down forty-two to ten, uh, fourteen. Point is, we're a mess really across the board. I, I don't know that there's one thing I feel great about our passing game either. Um, at least in the running game, I'll say we've had one thing that looked good, and it would be Bryant um, Ozigbo. I, he finally got in there. He's not suspended. Um, I think we could really <laughs> use. He's not going to be the savior, but I think he could be. At least a physical presence. I just want to see. I want to see somebody hitting somebody. I want. I want to see someone's ass on the ground after a play. That is something I really do want to see. Outside of Tanner, and, and so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Boom. I'd like to see a fullback on the field a little more, and I'd like to see us running at the defense. Not so much zone blocking, so much stretch play. Not even so much even a, a you know the fly sweep. I want to see us run at a team, especially an undersized team like Northern Illinois. You know, Matt, we talked about that earlier today, too, and, and I agree with you. I would like to run at a team more, but I also I really like that stretch play. I feel like that could be one of our signature runs, and it's mm-hmm. a run that you have to do a bunch a bunch against different fronts, different schemes yep. to get really good, to get the understanding and the nuances. It's like the Packer sweep. Like, sure. It just takes a lot of reps. So I don't want to give up on that, uh, but yeah, I agree yeah, that we, could, we, need to, we, need to, uh, we need to be able to go at some, some people and, and make some – make some yards and i don't know like you said when we actually line up and try to do it three plays in a row mm. you'll believe it but i'm i'm telling you i don't think this staff will do it after two plays that don't work sure so they it, better be successful their first two well and they're not going to get two plays because as as langsdorf has shown he's only going to give you one run play and it better be good that one time but a running game a good solid running game and look at wisconsin stats they had 49 uh runs I'm not even sure. Was it 300 yards rushing? I'm not sure what they had against BYU. Boomer, maybe you could look that up. Point is, they're not just breaking off big runs. That's not Wisconsin's game either. It is a development kind of thing. You That one-yard and two-yard play early on, if you if you stick with it, if you develop it, can turn into more. Yeah, and certainly okay, guys, that's their humor, identity. Humor me, humor me for one second, all right? Let's do a, uh, a role play, all right? Uh, Honky, I want you to play Mike Riley, okay? Okay. And and Mac, I want you to play Danny Langsdorf. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> okay. And and hockey, I want you to like essentially, you know, ask Danny like, look, Danny, I we're, we're supposed to you know can't throw the ball more than forty times. Why are we why are we throwing like this? Why, why is the run run pass off so bad? Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Da- hey, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was sleeping for a second there. Um, so, uh, dagnamit, uh, that wasn't real good. That last couple drives. Uh, can you can you run the ball a little bit more here? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, we obviously have worked on that in practice. We have a couple packages, a couple different personnel formations. I'd like to use that for. 
But uh, if you hadn't noticed, there's no blocking up front. So uh, <laughs> I can call whatever you'd like, but it's going to end up in a loss. So if you can get your buddy Cav to start getting some of these big fellas to block, then I'll call as many run plays as you'd like, Coach. I mean, honestly, right? They have to have this conversation, I mean, right? I, I mean, thanks, guys. Well that was, that was yeah. beautiful Author. theatrics. Author. I would, I would like to see, I would like to see us run the ball a little differently. Let me, let me be very. You clear know, about Kavanaugh that. Was, has one of Langendorf's, Langendorf's kidneys or something like that. His wife does, I think. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't. Langendorf. Yeah. The point is, <laughs> he owes I, him a better protection package I, than what I, he's putting. I'd out I'd like there. to see a better run game. That better run game schematically than what we're doing. I'd love to see us be a little more um, multiple in the run game than just lining up in two tight ends on one side, one back, and and just having that be almost exclusively what we do. I'd like to get the fullback in there and, and have a more physical presence. That I would like. I, I'd like to have just a, a little bit of an ugly offensive three-yard kind of just, just pounded at him kind of thing. And and, and by all means, prove me wrong. I would love to see us go out there, three straight plays, I formation, double tights, and just run it at the team. And if they, if we go three and out, I'll shut up. I honestly so will. Right. But yeah. in lieu of that, in lieu of that, this is what I'll give Mac. I don't care if we throw the ball 60 times a game, if we're good at it and we win games, awesome. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it works to throw it 40 times a game for us. But if we were good at it and, and that won games, I'll also shut up. But I was very adamant about that going into this season. That one of the reasons I was as rose-colored or scarlet-colored glasses, ten and two. It, one of the reasons I was was I really believed Riley this off-season. And fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice and three and four times, shame on me. I a year ago he said that we were going to be a top three running offense. We weren't. That upset me at the time. I took some heat for for being upset about that. This off-season I really bought into. Ninety-four percent of the time we got to run it more. We can't line up and throw it 40-some times. I've bought into that. And I, I, I feel really cheated right now. We have a really That's why I asked you guys to right do now. the role play because, I mean, like, literally he says it and then his OC can will not call that game. I also I, I right, get he what didn't Max say saying. he was going to go down by 40-some-odd points in the first half in one of those games. But but my issue my issue with even when we go down 40-some points or when we go down 14 points against Northern Illinois is a lot of times it's self-created by the pass. We've had seven interceptions in the last two games. Okay, all or seven turnovers, all passes. Now, having said that, this is where I don't want to turn – I don't want this to turn to a Mac versus me thing because that's a moot, a moot point. Max, not wrong. The, the the offensive line deserves its fair share of crit, crit, uh, criticism here. It it does. I'm just saying I haven't seen anything look really good in this past game. I've seen quarterbacks overthrowing balls. I've seen receivers dropping balls. I've seen you know I've seen linemen getting you know having you know uh, penalties you know in the in the pocket. And at the end of the day, I just see a team that better not be dropping back and throwing it 40-plus times. And right now, in our two losses... We're not good enough at it. Well, yeah. we have 94 to 95 passes in the two games that we've lost. And what we keep getting told is, when we get down, we need to throw the ball to get back. And, and, and it just it baffles me. And with this exact staff, not with the exact personnel, because it wasn't Lee, it was Armstrong, but the most consistent two-game thing I've seen Nebraska do in, in the three years they've been here has been the UCLA-Fresno two games in a row, you know, over two seasons where we ran the ball 61 times in 19 passes against UCLA, coming back from down 14, where we ran it 59 times to 12 passes against Fresno State. I thought we really had a 
we really had a, a philosophy in place. It kind of felt like the Wisconsin kind of thing. Let's line up under center. Let's do that kind of pro style. And then after that Fresno game, it was like this apology from our staff basically saying we need balance and balance. And I've been lost offensively since then. Throw the bones. The defensive breakdown. Uh, well, uh, you know, Diaco's D is uh, starting to perform at a higher level. Uh, uh, until we really needed a stop uh, there in the fourth quarter, uh, this defense had gone, I believe, uh, the second half of the Oregon game and the first three quarters of Northern Illinois without giving up a, a score. Uh, but uh, in the fourth, when they really needed one more stop, they couldn't quite get that. Uh, that said, the defense should not be blamed for the loss, per se. They uh, did do a lot. We definitely saw some more pressure. Uh, guys, uh, I'll start with uh, Honky, actually, here. Um, what are your takes from the defensive side? Well, I, th- I think, you know, you kind of mentioned it at the end there, Dave, about we started seeing a little bit more pressure, and I, I can't necessarily say that it was – a whole lot of blitzing going on to do it. I want to give some credit and some shout outs to the, to the D line, to coach Perella. I mean, I'm just seeing some individual good play. And I've been seeing this for a number of number of games. Now I've been posting some of those videos on, on social media from certain plays in Stoltenberg, how he can I love those take videos, on, man. Good job. yeah, how he can take double teams on in the middle of the line or this last game, Khalil Davis stepping up, knocking down passes, getting their hands up, getting some sacks and pressures. And a lot of times it's just off of three guys. Or Gifford started to kind of be that fourth guy coming off the edge. And we're there's some progress being made there. So, you know, I'm trying to find some spots there, and, and, and I think that is a spot. Um, in general, I, you know, I, I keep going back to, like, the coaches clinic when we were at it. And why were we so high on it? I literally called this the best defensive coaching staff I think Nebraska's maybe had since 95, I think I said. And, wh- mm-hmm. and I'm trying to go over, like, why did I think that? What was it about it? And I don't know. I just I, – I really thought that – I think that we have – experts at their positions i really like bray at the linebackers coach and so on and diaco had all these accolades maybe it's maybe it just takes a couple games and, and everything but um i want to see them flying around like we saw at the coaches clinic they were flying around maybe diaco on the sideline maybe that's a maybe that's something we need right now maybe we need just i heard today on the radio about uh, the sideline being dead during that whole yeah, northern Illinois game maybe we need a maybe we just need him down there just for the energy i don't know but uh but there's some good things going on on the defense. I do want to at least say that. All right, all right. Uh, it's really interesting that the, the sideline is dead with Perella, and you would think with like uh, Williams, and, and it seems like there should be plenty of energy without Bobby D down there. Mac, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think we we could we could chart steady progress of the defense, considering the kind of inauspicious start it had and. And it really still does lack some kind of sizzle to it. It's just kind of gotten consistently a little bit better. I don't know that if if, if it's the evolution of the guys getting more comfortable that it's going to start to look faster or we're going to appear like we're attacking more or if he's actually calling more of an attacking style uh, scheme now. Hmm. But regardless, I mean, you can kind of see the direction that it's it's trending towards. And I like it. You know, it seems like um, we're getting guys in position to make plays. You know, they're doing a good job of, of spilling stuff back inside. And, and, you know, aside from that one stop we really needed Saturday, um, I don't really have any complaints with it. Uh, except for, you know, Lamar Jackson, I felt like maybe took a step backwards a little on his tackling. 
And yeah, Eric Lee getting beat a couple times. That's you know we've seen that a couple times now, and I know he's new, so this will be good for him. Uh, but you know when teams start seeing that, you start seeing it a lot more. So he's going to get picked on now. I mean that's that's pretty clear. So it'll be nice to it would be good if he could start stepping up to that because frankly, guys, the defense at this point is going to have to carry the weight and get if we're going to have a successful year, the defense is going to have to play to a level that allows our offense to kind of find itself. Because right now that's what we're not doing. And the defense is, is starting to limit points, limit yards. Um, we're going to need that along with uh, with special teams, you know, contributing to, to kind of, you know, find our way through some of this stuff and hopefully break on through. What do you think, Michael? Boomer. Yeah, Boomer, you're the special teams guy. You want to wanna throw in that Well, you know, we touched on that in prior shows. Uh yeah, you know, a few positives again on special teams. Lightborn's punting as you know sad of yep. a part of a game as that sounds to celebrate, but <laughs> it is way better than last year, and it's at least given our defense a nice longer field to force the offenses to go down. So there's no harm there. Um, you know, I, I wonder with defense, you know, should we be at all concerned as to the level of the opponent we played this week? Yeah, I mean, we should look good playing Northern Illinois. I mean, that shouldn't shock anybody that our defense looks good Sure, there. with a backup quarterback. Right, with, yeah, right. with a backup quarterback who's – this is probably the worst offense we're going to see all year. I mean, yeah. should we be concerned yeah. about that? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I, I think these next two weeks, at least against ostensibly Power 5 opponents, it'll be a little more of a useful mm-hmm. measuring stick as far as that goes. And – um yeah, generating turnovers, that's something our defense looks like they're going to have to try to do. We can't continue to lose every game in the turnover margin by minus two or three or four like we've been doing. Oh. I mean, that's a, that's a recipe for any loss. I mean, you Boomer, know. How many did we get against Northern Illinois? One. I think we had a fumble. Did I that, yeah, we had a, one fumble recovered, and I think that was the yeah, punt on us. Yeah, on the punt, so it was a special teams turnover. So we haven't generated – we didn't generate a single one against uh, against Northern Illinois. I mean, you can't. I mean, you could run the ball eight thousand times a game, and if you have a minus two turnover margin, you can lose, like we saw with Georgia Tech at the beginning yeah. of the year. I mean, those turnovers will derail any offense or any plan that you have. Mm-hmm. And then the one other question, you know, comes up. We brought it up last week with the punt return, kick return. Is DPE the man we want back there? Boy, I gotta tell you, <laughs> it, on paper, yes. But he just doesn't appear to be comfortable back there anymore. No, I would agree with and that. That's, and and yeah. I totally understand it, too. He's a senior. He, uh, he's he been hurt almost his entire career. That's one less shot he probably needs to be taking. Let him focus on playing wide receiver and let him have a full season. We've got other guys clearly on the team that could, yeah, that could be a or weapon. Yeah, I, think, I think Spielman yeah. would be the, or, or the Spielman, guy you'd want. Spielman's yeah. a great returner. He's, I, I haven't seen a better kickoff returner on our team in a while. Uh, short yeah. of Jordan Stevenson, I take that back. <laughs> fatty, fatty, two by four Stevenson. Uh, well, you know, DPE in the first half, he was a mess. I mean, and it was a mess. He was. Oh, yeah. punt returns, was but then, but then the second half, Costly. he was catching them. He was getting more aggressive. I still would like to see us go back to maybe doing a two-man return at times. I think that can be helpful. I mean, just schematically. But uh, I do want to thank Boomer because uh, after the game got done, I, I tweeted out kind of my last tweet of the the weekend. I. I referenced how, you know, that recruiting isn't just going to fix this right now, that, that we just lost to a MAC team at home with that backup QB. And I think that's a good point. This isn't a great offense that we played. But uh, yeah. thank you, Boomer. I, I didn't trust my thumbs. I don't still trust my thumbs right now on <laughs> social media. So um, Boomer is now our social media director. Thank you. Temporary. Interim interim social media director. So, interim, yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I guess uh, defensively, is there? I mean, you mentioned the Davis brothers. Is, is there other stars that we should, uh, you know, try to start expecting more from going forward? Uh, seem like there's some some bright lights there. Uh, I think Mac hit it on the the head with Jackson. It is right now hmm. to me the way Jackson's playing, he could almost be off the field. I, wow. I, I, I think he needs to step up. I th- this is where I feel a little bit like from a practice perspective and everything, how competitive have we been? Because quite honestly, I, I could almost see us just put a stinking walk on in there at corner and, and maybe get more competitive play than Jackson. And Jackson's play at the very end of the game, getting the 15-yard yeah. penalty that, that sealed the deal. I mean, we, we at least could have got the ball back with maybe 30 seconds left if you know using timeouts. But when he did his selfish play there at the end, I mean, this is a kid. We need major improvement out of this kid. Um, I, I've been okay with Lee at, 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 at corner, to be honest. I thought Lee, he gets beat sometimes, but that kid competes. I, I really like Lee out there. I like Boodle out there. I like him in run support. Boodle's pretty good in run support, too. I, um, Antonio Reed, I thought his play has, you know, now he's getting a chance to play a little more. I don't. I, he's kind of a nice, big body, mm-hmm. physical dude to have out there, you know, and we need some of that kind of. Heavy hitting, hard hitting fellas. You know, we gotta. Yes, I feel like that's what this team lacks in a lot of ways. Is just uh, some guys that feel like, you know, I'm not afraid of you. You know, I'm, I'm I want to play. You know, just some scary dudes who mean business. Yes, and and that's what we need, man. And and I feel like a guy like Perella, you know, could instill that a little bit. And maybe we're getting that way. I don't know. It's hard to play mean and fast if you're a little unsure what to do schematically. So as that right. grows, yeah. maybe that. Maybe that persona will kind of rise up, and that would be fantastic, and it is definitely needed. And that is something that's to, to Riley's point about you know uh, taking the, the playbook down a little bit and making guys be able to play faster. We need some dudes that are here to hit. And, and Reed on defense, to me, is the equivalent, kind of like what Ozigbo can do a little bit on offense. It's not that they're the game changer. It's not that we're going to win every game because Ozigbo's running, but we just need somebody that's willing to run and hit and, and – and just be physical. I mean, and, and, and something that can also bring a spark to this team. This team and this program needs a spark right now. When Ozigbo got onto the field, the crowd roared. If we can get that big hit on defense, the crowd will roar. People will get into it. We, you know, we need something for people to rally behind right now. Because, you know, it's, if not, it's just, it feels dead out there. And I guess we're hearing it that the sideline's dead. We need guys that are, we need a little bit of attitude and, uh, you know, they've said it's 0-0 zero, zero now for the record. Now we're in the, to the, to the uh, conference. Well, I hope they believe that then. It's 0-0 zero, zero and, and take some swagger and get it get going now. Yeah, it's just hard for me to imagine how the program is in this, this state of, um, of, of disarray when it comes to something like this. I mean, the culture should be in place to, to have those guys – feel like they they bring the energy and the passion to the field and what what you're saying honk is like and you're not seeing it you're not hearing it uh, i know it's a new d coordinator that d coordinator brings a lot of that uh to the table uh, sure i guess he could be on the sideline or not but it's just hard hard to imagine how that's not transferring onto the field i well, mean so, that's just mind-boggling so, so dave in spring we saw mac and i were at that that coach's clinic practice and we saw this enthused defense i mean they were they won the scrimmage they won it from an enthusiasm standpoint they won their scrimmage and diaco's right in the middle of them on that sideline 
and he is he's in the middle of a huddle and and so last week we did we did a Twitter poll where we congratulated Redcasters for saying let Diaco be wherever he wants to be if he wants to be in the you know in the in the press box go you know go for it but I will say I, having said that there is value in him being right in the middle of it I think he just brings some energy that is through three games at least is sorely needed. Um, so not not I'm not trying to tell him where to be. I'm just saying we. It sounds like we could use that ball of energy that he has on the sideline too. If he can be in two places yeah. at once, I think we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, Mac Boomer. Uh, anything else you want to add in on this? Um, I do. I do appreciate Caleb Lightborn's punting. I feel like he has really come on and been a consistent. Uh, a consistent, you know, not, I don't call it a weapon, but let's face it, with the way our offense is, is operating right now, he's going to be a huge part of our success. He's going to need to be able to flip the field. So his continued improvement will be uh, important going forward. And it would be even better, say, if our offense got better and his continued improvement would be, you know, a moot point. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. So Less punting. Absolutely. Good point. Boomer? No, I think that pretty well summed it up. Uh, like I said, I've always been the special teams guy on it, and I like Lightborn, but the less we see of him, the better. Uh, that <laughs> our third down percentage is pretty much a dumpster fire when it comes to those conversions on offense, and uh, you know it's got to improve. So. Yeah, I'm really interested to see. We'll we'll break down records just a little bit here coming up of of how well uh, this defense uh, progresses this next week. If they can do the same thing versus Rutgers versus Northern Illinois. Uh, at least we have that uh, going in the right direction. All right, guys, good job. That's a throw in the bones. You're listening to the Go Big Redcast. And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. Trivia time. All right. Uh, we've heard several times this week that this is the uh, third time in quite a few decades that uh, – uh, Nebraska team has started uh, one and two uh, in non-conference play. Uh, the most recent time was uh, 1981 with Tom Osborne. I think we all know that one. Can anyone tell me the uh, time before that that we finished one and two? Well, be, that's right. that's uh, prior to Riley, right? Because right. he did one and Correct. two. Yes, Riley's had two. Year, yes, one and two. Year. And we all know the 81 Correct. season uh, where we won one and two against a, a tough non-conference slate and. And um, there was rumblings uh, in Memorial Stadium. So the time before yes. that, that's the question. The time before okay. the 81 yes. season? Yeah. Last. If we ever have. Well, I'm, I, I don't think it happened to, to Osborne before 81. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it happened to Devaney. So I'm guessing it would have been before then. Honk, you feel I'm on, a, on the right track there? Yeah, I know 68, we started 3-0. and 67, the other bad Devaney year, I don't think we would have. So, I mean, I honestly have no idea. I would probably just pick the last year season before Devaney. before Devaney. I'll just say 1961. I don't know. All right, a good guess. Uh, 61, we actually started uh, 2-0-1. Uh, Bill Jennings, you know, managed to rattle off two wins there to, before his ship sunk. Uh, the correct answer, however, was 1960. We started uh, with a win against Texas of all teams, then dropped Minnesota and Iowa State en route to a 4-6 uh, and six season. 
Uh, Bell Jennings was kind of the master of a of a one and two start, so it was not an uncommon beginning for him. <laughs> Pretty depressing, so he managed to uh, pull that off in also in 1957, and in uh, 055, Bill Glassford was able to do it as well. But yeah, 54, yeah, not an uncommon Bills. thing for Nebraska in the 50s. So not so not our best era. Did... Let's just say that. So. How many years did Jennings uh, coach? Jennings was coach from uh, fifty-seven to sixty. So, yeah, years. yeah, he he was not good. Um, my favorite <laughs> thing, you know, researching the Bill Jennings era. Well, um, we may be seeing another one. Yeah, of those <laughs> if you go to the nineteen fifty-seven Husker yearbook, this is my uh, favorite thing in the Bill Jennings era. Uh, we finished one and nine that season with a sole victory, uh, fourteen to seven over K State. It's uh, it's it's kind of an exercise in desperation. Them trying to fill out the yearbook. The uh, lead paragraph summarizing the most exciting point of the season was a the first quarter score uh, putting a scare in the Oklahoma Sooners. And I quote: <laughs> "In an outstanding try for victory, the hard fighting Huskers held the mighty Oklahoma Sooners scoreless in the first quarter of the last game of the season. Oklahoma rallied to win the game, thirty-two to seven. So that was the high point of the season." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, things can always get worse, oh, Redcasters. Man. They could always be worse. Oklahoma yeah, had started sure. their second string <laughs> because it was the last yeah. game of the year. Coach yeah. got mad, put in the starters, game off. Yeah, JV was out there. Well, that's a that's a good uh, start to scarlet colored glasses, there, Boomer. Right, great great way to uh, let us talk a little bit before we do our our weekly predictions and whatnot of where we think the the state of the Husker program is at. Um, I think we're all trying to be pretty level-headed right now about this. It's easy to, to jump to conclusions um, for the Riley regime here and say that he is in a must-win situation this week and, and really almost for the rest of the rest of the year. Um, it, we don't want to jump into coaching speculation and whatnot, but let, let's talk a little bit about I mean, what what do you guys need to see, um, at, you know, going forward to to fill that Riley still can get this thing done? Well, uh, honky. Well, I'll I'll make it very simple. We're, we're 29 games into this into the the Riley era. We're 16 and 13 yeah. under him, and a year ago, uh, at the exact same time, uh, James Franklin 16 and 13 at Penn State. Okay, so you have to, at this point, throw that away. Throw those last 29 games away, right? It's what happens from this point forward. If if, if we continue down the path that we look like we're continuing down, it's going to get bad, and, and there's going to be a lot of speculation, and there probably will be a lot of changes. Um, if you can go 9-0 and <laughs> to kind of finish up the season the way that, that James Franklin was able to last year after being on the very, very hot seat, then things can turn around in a hurry. But... Um, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now in, in my mind. It's, it's, it's too early to say fire, guys, because at the end of the day, we've, we've, we just have to let this thing play out. But if it plays out, and we said this prior to the season, if, if the ESPNs were right at 5-7, and seven, if they were yeah. going to be right, then there's changes. You don't, I don't wait for a fourth year. If we're going 5-7 and seven in year three and you've got everything you need, and, and today Riley said that they have all the resources they need, referring to ICORS and the administration – if you have everything you need and you're in year three and offensively you have every coach that's been with you now for three seasons here at Nebraska and your quarterback and all of that, there's no excuse. No, I think he's, yeah, fair yeah, I think he's absolutely fair right. Enough. And just even on a smaller scale, I think what you have to see is we have to win the next two games. 
If this team cannot beat yeah. Rutgers at home and a struggling Illinois team who does not look good, then it's going to be very, very hard going forward to have any hope that they're going to be able to beat the Wisconsin's, the Ohio State's, the, even you know Minnesota and Purdue, who have looked at least you know solid so far sure. this year. I, I don't think you can have any any hope left for the season. So it's going to um, we're baby stepping here. We're starting small and. It's sad we have to say that, but I think we just have to look, you know, one week at a time at this point. I think that's a good point. I mean, think about that just from our win-loss perspective. Um, if if they hopefully win Rutgers and Illinois, you're at three and two, but then you have Wisconsin and Ohio State, and this team has shown us nothing to think that they're going to be able to, to win those games. Now, that could change. Uh over the next couple of weeks, but right now it's just hard to imagine. So then you're at three and four if you'd happen to lose those two, and you do have some some West uh, teams like Minnesota and, and Purdue looking better than they have. Um, yeah, even if you win these two, you still have an uphill battle. So it's got he's got a lot of work ahead it, of him. It's tough. Uh, you know, we've talked all off season about what it means to be a fan, and sometimes how we don't think that some people understand what it means to be a fan and being angry is fine my gosh everyone out there like i said i don't trust my own thumbs so i'm not even typing on social media right now i've never trusted your thumbs either honky if that makes you feel i know i know but but firing someone's the easy part we've 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 gotten very good at firing people the firing isn't the hard part it's hiring the right person afterwards that becomes the hard part and for anyone that just says let's just go and fire them now do it now we'll get ahead of things well, look at LSU a year ago. You know, they fired Miles two, three seasons yeah. into the season and ended up hiring their, their interim coach anyways, and how's that gone for them? I mean, let's just – I am as, as impatient of a Husker fan as you're going to find, and yet let's let this thing play out. And and while we're at it, the part about being a fan, I guess I've never rooted for us to lose. I, 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 I refuse to lose sure. to root for us to lose. As, as negative as I've been about our offense here – by golly, Langsdorf, throw it 60 times and complete 60 and win games doing it. Okay, I'm going to support this team, and I want us to win. And these are the times that it really we've got to be there, support them, you know, root for them and all that. And if they're losing games, that stuff will take care of itself. Trust me, if you are vindictive and you, and you want change, if we lose games, you'll get it. If not, we're in the middle of a football season. Let's win. Let's win. Let's support these yeah. guys. Let's win the next you got two. Nine let's, games to go. Let's Absolutely. get to let's get to three and two, and let's beat Wisconsin at home. Let's get four and two, and let's actually have some momentum going against Ohio State. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for right now. That's what a to me that's what a fan should want. If you're rooting for losses right now, well, I don't. It's I. It's yeah. hard for me to yeah, call yeah, you a fan. It just flat out is. I'll call you out and say I don't see. I don't. Yeah. See what's much the point of even having a football season if you can't? Yeah, handle a couple losses early. I, I had I had a coworker ask me, uh, you know, are you guys going to do a podcast this podcast this week? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't yeah, we? Absolutely. Why wouldn't we do one? Because we lost a game. We're not twelve. I mean, well, three in a row though. <laughs> at three losses in a row though, <laughs> I will losses. not. I mean, we're. I'm going to tell you right now. Three if three we losses. lose to Rutgers, this will be. I will not be on the show because <laughs> I'm not going to talk about any. <laughs> well, the, but, oh, we're going to be switching now. to all lacrosse coverage after that loss, so don't yeah. worry. We'll be able I, to. I, you know. and, I, and here's the thing, fellas. It, it. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. There, there are no, there are no excuses for this team right now. There's, there's no mm-hmm. reason for us to be. Uh, 
any kind of position to be, understand how a five and seven season could occur. It should. We should occur. never have lost that, to Northern Illinois. We shouldn't have lost yep. this game, and it was a terrible game to lose because, to your guys' point, the next couple games going forward are tough. You know, or not these two next games, but after that, sure. it's going to be tough. And uh, I've got some serious doubts about what we can do. You know, the offensive line has got so far to go in my mind. And I just you just can't get anything going without those guys working. I, I have serious concerns. Defensively, yeah, we've we've made some progress. Um, special teams still a mixed bag. I'd say it, it's a it's a long season. I've certainly seen teams turn it around. There's there's not it's not like a no chance that the light bulb comes on. But uh, you know, like just going forward, the football's got to get so much better to even. I, there's not a game I feel comfortable going for now. No, I, and that's the problem. I, I don't, there's yeah, not a single game I go, oh, there's a win for yep, sure. One hundred percent agree. Horrible. Yeah. And I think you know that's that's the even the challenge with these two games that we have. It's I don't know if they, I, you know, it's nice that we're playing the two worst teams in the conference. You know, coming up here unless one of them's us. But just the, the timing <laughs> of it alone is just tough. We're coming off a bad loss to Northern Illinois, so the team psyche could be possibly damaged. Rutgers. Finally, plays a team they could beat, and you know Morgan State or whoever it was they played, so they at least have a little bit of confidence back. And then even after the Rutgers game, you know win or lose, we've got a short week to prep for Illinois, who's got a bye week, so we have to go out there and play on a Friday. Yeah. Thanks, Eichhorst. So uh, you know the timing just isn't even yeah, good. Yeah, so sure. just to add to the we, challenge we of up, it all, we can come up with a thousand excuses. We can come up with all kinds of things, right? At the end of the day, we just need we need leaders stepping up. If guys are mentally hurt right now by by the first three games get over it we need guys that are tough nosed that are you know it i don't care if they wouldn't have put out a depth chart today at all i i really don't care sure right now i mean it, anything's up for grabs and, and these guys should have it they they should be a fire in them to play and that is something that a week ago after the oregon game there was a hunger according to to uh you know uh, uh riley well, i don't know if that hunger was a snickers bar commercial because i mean these guys didn't come <laughs> out to play so, so they yeah, need to come I, out to play, so, and if they do, so let's that, talk about that for a second, Honk, because I think that's a really good point. Is like, how in the world, after twenty nine games under this coaching staff and a, a head coach that's been a head coach for forty years, and and some of, of his assistants who've been around for a, a long time, can, can the the team seem to be so unprepared to play a? inferior opponent like Northern Illinois and execute execute at just a, such a poor level that it's just an absolute head-scratcher for the entire fan base. <laughs> we all know we should have just walked yeah. out there and and kicked Northern Illinois' butt, and we act like we're, we're uh, I mean, to yourself, mentally fragile, apparently. Yeah. I well, mean, like, Boomer's well, point, I don't understand how this even happens. To Boomer's point, if we can lose to Northern Illinois, which should be the worst team on this schedule, then if, obviously we can lose to anybody left, right? Yes. Okay, so so and one of the reasons I, I, I tech, or, you know, tweeted right after the game that recruiting isn't going to fix this is because recruiting isn't going to fix losing to Northern Illinois. Okay, no. that's, you know, that, that's not a talent issue. So, I mean, moving forward... I don't know what it is. You mentioned, you know, we have a staff that's been together all this time. Well, you know, I don't know what this says about Riley's staff, but in two years he's he's fired two of the guys that have been with him the longest time, you know, Reed and, right. and Banker and, and Mac, and I'm not disagreeing with Guess that. Guess who's but, next up on the chopping block. <laughs> but at some point, yeah, at some point, 
you know, the, the chopping block is going to come to the guy who's making the, the, the chopping motions right now. I mean, you know, you can only fire so many assistants. Right. Before at some point it's Winter is it's coming. like there's there's an issue here, right? And there is an issue. So, Riley, I mean, by all means, the, the seat is very hot. You can be a good fan and say the seat is extremely hot. Riley has to get this ship righted. There is no, to me, there's no you wait till till year four. There's no point waiting to year four if there's no progress being made. We said that prior to the season. We wanted to see progress, even if progress meant only eight wins. You know, coming into the season, we kind of said eight was our, our minimums. I'll even I'll, I'll downplay it to seven to eight if you really felt like you've seen progress. We're not seeing progress right now. The only thing I can tell you is we're three games in. We're just now getting into non-conference. We better see progress in an immediate hurry. Go back to the Penn State a year ago, all that. I mean, that's that's the best roadmap for, for still making yeah, something you, out of this season. To your point on that one, Honk, without that type of progress going forward for the next nine games, Riley isn't going to hold this recruiting class together, and there is no hope next year then, right? You, you can't sell right. anything after a 5-7 a, a and seven type season, it feels like. So yeah. I, I think there's some, some critical... Uh, wins that he they have to get if they're going to get year four. Yeah, th- uh, this is dollars to it. He has very little room for error right now. I mean, you know, I try not to fall on the floor laughing and hit your head and hurt yourself. But but let's pretend we win the next four games for a second. Okay, let's say we okay. win all the way through Ohio State. We're seven and I'm visioning it. I'm yeah, thinking, you're, you're seeing I'm it. Thinking, We're five yeah. and two after seven games. And if if you're sitting in that moment, you've got. There's momentum, right? We're do, we're turning some things around. Things are going good. But it's so hard to envision that moment right now. But that's literally, that's what Penn State people were doing a year ago right now. If we would have asked Penn yeah, State I'd people, love to have a Penn State person yeah, talk about that if right If we now, talked yes, to a Penn yeah. State person a year ago right after they got blown out by Michigan, and we said, hey, let's pretend you win the next four games, including beating Ohio State at home, well, they would have fallen off the chair. They would have hit their head. They'd have been hurt. And then we'd have to, you know, pr- you know, perform CPR. And Mac is a is a EMT, you know, so he could come out and help him. But, but the point is, is that it it, it can be done, but it's it, and, and and I'm rooting for it to be done, and I don't even care how it gets done. Pass it sixty times a game and just complete sixty passes. I don't care. But right now, that's what has to happen moving forward, or we start to get into the doomsday scenarios of who's the next head coach and by the way who's the next ad because that's the first one to, to go before yeah i mean that's of course we're it, yeah that will a, be a package deal if it this goes is down. a pretty simple the nice thing about football is there's it's a it's a win-loss game i mean it's not a you know it's not a hard decision at some point and you cannot never never can lose to northern illinois and if you do you better make up for it by winning some some games that maybe people thought you weren't going to that's about the only way you can make up from this yeah, I mean, I think you know some of the the, the talk in in um, newspapers and whatnot is you know the biggest thing that we're fighting is uh, you know complacency, right? And just simply saying there's apathy to you know oh it's just it's Nebraska football and they lost again. Oh well, I mean, I, if there's anything that this this podcast is going to be about is that we're not going to accept that as a fan base. Yeah, I mean, there's just too much invested in this, and uh, I'm not going to accept that ever. I was and, told there was apathy today. Well. We're three games into a season where we're, we have people wanting to fire coordinators, head coaches, and, and athletic directors. That doesn't sound like apathy to me. Yeah, That's the opposite of apathy. Nebraska fans are not apathetic. Some of them are not um, – some of them are you – know, I'll say maybe some of the younger kids that ha- haven't been able to experience championships. Maybe they don't – maybe maybe they've lost some of – or didn't know what, some of what we've done before. Some of the real old-timers that – 
Yeah, some of the real old timers that 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 uh, you know think that every practice we used to do was you know was full contact for four hours and in, in snow uphill both ways. Maybe they've lost a little bit of track of what we've done too. But the point is that the, the reality is somewhere in between. And right now we just we we look lost as a fan base and as fans. I I, I very sincerely mean it to support this team through it. Support the players. No need to tweet players. No need to, to tweet recruits. There's no point in doing that. Um, you can be upset. I'm mad. I have a self-imposed thumb you know, ban from Twitter. I can't type on it right now. I'm not letting myself do it because there's just no point in it. I'm not going to make a, a big difference, and all I'm going to do You're is You're not going to make it better. Yeah, yeah. And, and, all and I'm going to do is say like something the team that doesn't want to do well either. You know, there's no use doing any kind of personal attacks or getting after them. They're obviously not wanting this season to go this way. Yep. You know. Oh, sure. Let's just hope for the best. I mean, absolutely. Football can get weird. You know, we can get, we can get hot. It's been done. You know, the light comes on. We've seen flashes, guys. I mean, we've seen times where we yeah. moved the ball very well, and and looked hard. You know, to stop. But you know, doing that on a consistent basis has been. Uh, like chasing a unicorn, man. It just doesn't seem to, we can't seem to get a hold of it, you know? If we do, then, you know, at least if we did, then we'd know how good we might be. But, like, right now, all you have is questions. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you can count on other than, you know, pretty inconsistent offensive play. And then, I don't know, is the defense getting better or, or are our opponents getting worse? You know, I don't, <laughs> who knows, man? I mean, we've, we, yeah. we're in game three. And we got a ton of questions, or we have answers. We just will hope that are questions. We're not because right now the answer yeah, could that's be the truth. You're not very good, and I'm hoping the yeah. question mark is when are we going to play like we're capable? Yes. You know, yes. We shall yeah. see. Good point. All right, guys. Yeah, I think that's. I think we're going to be able to talk about this every week um, from here on in. Uh, whether we turn around and go nine or no. Or or not, uh, this will be an ongoing topic. The pod predictions. Time for our weekly predictions. Uh, Boomer, how did we do last week? Well, last week, outside of the uh, unpleasantness with Nebraska, uh, we all did uh, mostly pretty well. Uh, the locks of the week all came through, except uh, one in particular. <laughs> we we won't name names or anything, but Wyoming. <coughs> um, <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys have let me down uh, multiple they times. Really have. Yeah. So live or die, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like uh, the stats. Uh, let's see. Boomer went seven and three. Uh, Honky six and four. That's those locks that we keep biting him. Uh, Dave seven and three, and Mac seven and three. He did call the Vanderbilt upset. Nicely done there. So good job, Mac. Yes. Wow, there you go, Mac. That's impressive. Strong. Did not see that one coming myself. Uh, and his father-in-law is a big K-State fan, so that that had to be yeah. you know, that had to be rough in the family. He has some inside information, apparently. Yep, <laughs> a little chink in the uh, Big Twelve armor there, apparently. So I'm looking at it. Looks like Boomer and myself are 20 and 10 on the year. Honky and Mac 18 and 12. So just two games separate the whole thing. So all right, good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's pick 10 more. Um, let's, uh, move through this rapid fire. We'll start with TCU versus Okie State. Let's, uh, start with Mac on that one. TCU, Okie State. Okay. Rapid fire, Mac. Rapid fire. I know, I'm looking. This is rapid. Yeah. 
Okay. Boomer. State versus TCU. I'll go TCU. Or excuse me, no, Oklahoma State. Okay. All right. Boomer. Okie State's look pretty solid. That's, we're going with them. Mason Rudolph looks like a Heisman mm-hmm. contender. Honky. I had TCU winning the conference. I've got to go TCU here. That's a good point. This is a critical game for your overall picks. That is correct. Uh, I took Okie State, uh, so I'll stick with Okie State. Yeah, I had Okie State, too. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, go into Big Ten lane here a little bit with uh, Michigan versus Purdue. The surprising Boilermakers are pretty, looking pretty solid under Jeff Rome. Uh, let's start with Boomer. Oh, God. Heart says Purdue, brain says Michigan. Let's go, Michigan. That's a good point. Uh, Honky. Uh, heart says Michigan, stomach says I'm hungry. But I think Michigan destroys them. I don't think this is this is close. I think they, they make Purdue look like a farce. Interesting. All right, Mac? Yeah, I'll go Michigan on this one. Ooh, that could be a makeup game, though. This could be a game I claw back on. It's early in the year, Mac. That's true. I'll be patient. Michigan. There you go. I'm going Michigan as well. Um, let's go... SEC land with Mississippi State with a very impressive uh, victory over LSU last weekend, 37-7 versus Uga, Georgia. Uh, Mac, Mississippi State, Georgia, who do you got? I'm going to go Mississippi State. They did look good. Boomer. Uh, I've always kind of like Dan Mullen as a coach. Uh, let's go Mississippi State on that. Interesting. Hockey. Where's this game at? Georgia. Mm. I'm going Georgia lock of the week. <laughs> is wow. Wyoming not on our list this week, Dave? Or is that a... Uh, I, think I, I think I didn't give that one to him, so he has to go away from Laramie. Yeah, that hurts, uh, my, That hurts, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am a little bit tempted to go with Georgia because SEC, you know, a team gets hot and then they just go ahead and lose. But uh, I'll take Mississippi State. Uh, we'll see where that goes. All right, let's go back to Big Ten land. Uh, Penn State visiting Iowa City. Uh, honky. Oh, shoot. I almost I should have done lock of the week with Iowa here because I said I was going to do them the rest of the year. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. Iowa here at home. Wow. What? Mm. Interesting. Nathan Stanley does actually look uh, – I was mocking Stanley and Alex Hornibrook earlier the, uh, in the preseason, and I'm, I, I look like an idiot. Both of them look like – a fine quarterbacks. Uh, well, we'll and I, I, I can't stand Iowa, so if they don't come through for me, at least I can just mock them afterwards. So sure, good. Point. I win good either point. way. On this your one. bet. All right, Boomer. Uh, Iowa plays with fire in a lot of their games. I think they're going to get bit on this one. Uh, Penn State's look pretty solid, so Penn State. All right, Mac. I'm going with Penn State as my lock of the week. I will go with Penn State as well. All right, uh, here's an interesting one. We've got the uh, the Knights of Central Florida, led by Scott Frost, uh, heading to Maryland. Uh, should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Boomer? Uh, Central Florida's had about a month off, unfortunately, due to hurricanes. They might be a little out of whack and kind of rusty. I, Maryland's look good. We're going to go Maryland. All right. Hockey? Yeah, Maryland. Mac. Yep, keep it conference, Maryland. Yeah, Maryland looks good. Um, I'll, I'll go with the Terps as well. 
All right, let's uh, bring it out to uh, the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, Washington Huskies visiting Boulder, taking on the University of Colorado. Uh, Mac. I'm going Huskies. Did I nice. pick them to win the conference? I think I did. Yeah, that was me and Hockey that took Stanford and have mud on her face yep, right now. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Boomer. Washington. They're my Pac-12 winner, so. Nice. Hockey. So Colorado plays in the second or third highest altitude uh, place in the country. <laughs> I'm going with the I'm going with the Buffaloes here at home. Uh, uh, all right, all right, sure. I am going to take Washington, and that will be my lock of the week. Ooh, good lock, good lock. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. We'll see. All right, um, Arkansas, Texas A and M. Boomer. Uh, a battle for which coach? I this is in college. Which station. coach wants to get fired more here? Oh, Dude, God. both of them are. Yeah, they're trying their hardest. A uh, M's got a little more talent. Let's go there. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it, but yeah, I'm going A M as well on, on this one. It's tough though. Uh, Honky. Oh my gosh. Um. It's just so hard to read yeah. these teams right now. They're just like... Well, and if I go Arkansas, I've gone like against you guys. I, I'm like the only one that's picked like a couple of these games now, the, the opposite of the rest of you guys. But I'm going Arkansas. I just think A&M's too much of a dumpster fire right now. All right. Is, All this, right. A, is this at College Station? College Station. Okay, I'll go A&M. There you go. All right. Uh, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, uh, going into East Lansing. Beautiful East Lansing. They have uh, some really nice uh, hotels and motels in, in Lansing. Uh, Honky and I know that from experience. <laughs> so it's uh, Fighting Irish taking on the Spartans. Honky? I'm going to go with Michigan State at home here. Hmm. This would be a, a great win f- for them if they could get this. I mean, not that Notre Dame is uh, a, an imposing foe, but it would be definitely a, a, a good one for Michigan State and Antonio. Yeah. Uh, Mac? I'm actually going to go with Michigan State, too. I feel like, I don't know. I'm not that impressed with Notre Dame just yet. I don't think D'Antonio yeah. needs this badly. Do. All right, Boomer? Uh, Notre Dame. Excellent. I think I'm going to go Notre Dame as well. Uh, this is a tough one, though. Clawback game. Uh, a lot of, I mean, the, the, there aren't great games this week, but there's a lot of, a lot of tight yeah. ones. Uh, a game that should have been uh, really good, but two teams that got upset last week. UCLA trying to bounce back from the loss to Memphis. And Stanford trying to bounce back from a loss from San Diego State. Both of these losing to a group of five schools. Uh, not that we know anything about that. Uh, Boomer? Bruins? Oh, UCLA can just score way more than Stanford has any hope of doing at this point, I think. So. Yeah, it's in Palo Alto. You know, it's how, how difficult well, it is. Wait, what's the, the altitude in Palo Alto? Is that a... <laughs> I think it's about 10 okay. feet or so. Right. Give and I think UCLA will still be okay. Okay, yeah, it's a good point. Honky. Stanford hands. If I could do another lock of the week, I'd do it on Stanford here. Interesting. Oh. All right, all right. Mac? I'm going Stanford as well. Has everyone done a lock of the week so far, by the way? Uh, not yet. I'm contemplating. Well, you have this yeah, for the well, next game. 
<laughs> One of them will be. Don't worry. Right. Should we even Contemplation allow over? lock of the week on Nebraska? And the next game is Nebraska. So. You know what? I'm going to take UCLA. They can outscore Stanford. I don't think there's any question. Boomer's going for UCLA. All right. Um, I'm going to give Stanford one more shot. I'll stick with Stanford. Uh, if they fail me this week, then damn it, I'm done with the Cardinal. I, you know, I just, I just don't think uh, Rosen likes – he just doesn't like pressure up the middle. I feel like they can do that to him. They, they can outscore him, Mike, but can they stop him? Eh. That makes we'll me fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty They can have man. more points, but are they prettier? <laughs> Stanford, the Barrow, Stanford so. managed 17 against San Diego State, so I think we're okay. So. San Diego? Yes. Right. San, yeah, I, I don't think anyone knows San what it means Diago. anymore. So. No. Yeah, it's German. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, all right, guys. Well, University. Here's, here's the truth right here. Uh, Scarlet Knights of Rutgers University coming into Lincoln to face Nebraska. Um, Honky, what, what do you got? Well, I, appreci- I appreciate that we spent zero time breaking down Rutgers. I just I don't care to do that. This this week isn't about them, just like last week wasn't about Northern Illinois. It's about what do Nebraska. we have to do to beat them? That's the question. Yeah, we got to play well. If we play well, we win. I'm yeah. going to give obviously I'm going to give the win here at home to Nebraska. And a score? Oh, yeah. Um, three to two. <laughs> <laughs> three to two. All right. Steve has a struggle that we win. All right, Mac? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick the Huskers, but I, I, you know, I've had my reservations now, and I'm going to have reservations probably for the rest of the season unless these things start changing. But um, I have no idea. I'll say 21-17. Honestly, I, I take it. Just get the win. All right. Boomer. Yeah, that was going to be close to my score. The key, you got to limit turnovers. If we're if we are minus two in the turnover margin again, then this is totally up in the air. Final score, I was going to go twenty-eight seventeen. Dave, can right. can I do my Mike my Mike Riley impression? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. So so guys, what we need to do is ninety-four percent of Big Ten games are won when you run the ball more, and you have less turnovers than the opponent. Dagnamit. How about that? That's the formula for Dagnamit is more of an Osborne thing. I know. Or a, I know. Or like this a, is, this is a family Sam podcast. Thing. Thing. Yeah. 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 We're going to Looney Tunes territory here. Or this, okay, well, this is, I think it's neat when we win. There we go. It's That's really it. Neat. How about that? Yeah. It's I don't care if it sounds special. like him. I don't care if it sounds like him. I'm not an impressionist, but, you know, it's just. Oh, that's uh, good that you don't care. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's apathy setting with you, Honky. It's unacceptable. <laughs> I just if you don't cared, care. you would be so sad. <laughs> uh, You're a jerk, Mac. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take the Huskers as well. I'll go uh, 24-13. I think defense uh, keeps Rutgers at bay. Yeah. Uh, offense enough enough hope. I don't know. We're gonna find out if we're right and wrong though, guys. Let's get a defensive touchdown this week. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Or a special teams touchdown yep. again? I'd nice. settle for about or fifteen yards. Right. Uh, I would settle for no no pick sixes on the first drive, actually. <laughs> I would Just settle for things. a field goal and Just a safety like in my that. three a field goal and a safety in my three two score would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second, no, it'd have to be their safety. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, five to zero would be all right too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, parting shots, guys. You got anything, hockey? Well, you know, 
Leave it to Nebraska ball to uh, to give us some good news in in a in a bad week. But Isaac Copeland, he gets that full waiver for the entire season. So I'm envisioning, awesome. uh, you know, undefeated, un, you know, non conference. We're beating Kansas. We're beating Creighton. I I can feel it already. There's no hype here. This is there, there's hope. this is real. Hopefully, he has a Tanner Lee like success early because of that extra waiver he got there. Billy Devaney, <laughs> That's right. Billy Devaney already said that he you know was the best in the. Uh, <laughs> Eli Manning basketball camp. I've heard NBA scouts have already been kind of kind of excited about him. So I just hope he doesn't leave after his junior year now. So Mm. (laughs) Naismith award-winning, yeah, watch list. Yes, Mac, you got anything? None. I don't. No. We don't deserve a party. No party shot. Just just go play better football, fellas. That's that's easy enough. Yep. Boomer? Uh, all I can say, it kind of echoes what Honky mentioned earlier. Um, as far as being a fan, in most of sports, I tend to root for very, very bad teams over the years. It's not always the <laughs> easiest thing in the world to do. Sometimes they suck. They're hard to watch. Sometimes the teams even totally disappear, bring back the Whalers. But uh, a real <laughs> fan, you'll stick with it. You can. You have a right to complain. You have a right to criticize coaches, administration, whatever. Don't take it out on the players. Cheer for your team. It's more than just you and how you feel that particular day. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely all about perspective. Oh, man. But um, I'm going to echo Mac. Just win, baby. Come on, guys. Get your act together. We're better than this. All right, boys. That was the show. Uh, Let's hope we have a happier one next week, okay? Yes, indeed. All right. That is a Go Big Red cast. GBR. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.